My name is Skip Sims, Senior Vice President of Ann Arbor Spark. I also am the managing member of the Michigan Angel Fund and member of the Michigan Angel Community. It Takes Money is a series of podcasts featuring angel investors and experts who offer insight on how to invest in startups. In these podcasts, we'll discuss the many aspects of angel investing and why they're choosing to invest in Michigan. And I am uh, thrilled to have as our guest today, uh, Dr. Faz Bashi. Uh, Dr. Bashi has been an angel investor for quite a while. Quite a while. So yeah. we're going to talk about yeah. that. I'm going to yeah. let you introduce sure. yourself and give your own background here so I don't blow it. Thank you, Skip. Uh, but you're in a couple of angel groups. Yeah. You are a uh, board member of the Angel Capital Association. Correct. So uh, you come up, you come with a lot of credentials. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, you happen to be in Michigan. Yes. Uh, to share with us uh, your experience and knowledge and what in a program we're uh, doing today called uh, uh, Angel Investing 101. Mm -hmm. And so particularly if you've not done angel investing before yourself, um, you know, this was an opportunity to kind of to learn some core elements. Mm -hmm. So uh, with that, uh, Fuzz, why don't you introduce yourself? Tell us about yourself. Thank you. Thank how you, you and how did you get in angel investing? Thank you for having me, Skip. Sure. I really appreciate it. This is my first trip to, to, to the Michigan, Michigan area. Yeah. Right. Welcome. Although I've probably flown through. Thank you so much. It's great to be here. Um, I'm with a, a group called Life Science Angels in the Silicon Valley area, and I have been angel investing now. I think it's coming up on 10 years. Wow. So, um, so I've learned a lot along the way. Um, some of it, School of Hard Knocks. Yep. A lot of sometimes it with the best teacher. <laughs> sometimes the best teacher, and a lot of it really through um, very collaborative mentoring process from my friends who mm -hmm. kind of took me under their wings, uh, and it took me several years to kind of feel comfortable that I actually understood the vocabulary, understood what was going on, um, and then over the years as I joined Angel Capital Association, got to know a national scene of investors, mm -hmm. um, I started picking up on different models, different thesis people had about angel investing. Uh, and my focus is mostly health, healthcare and life sciences. Um, and really it's been uh, truly uh, 10 years of constant education and interaction and collaboration with other angel investors. Well, that's interesting, uh, yeah. constant education. So Con it's always constant. changing, you're always learning something new. Uh, I, I've not stopped learning. So, and I've made that my uh, my thesis for myself which is that the moment I stop learning and I say I know everything I know I need to get out <laughs> <laughs> you're in trouble because because yeah because then I have assumed that everything I need to know is already done and all I need to do is just write checks and I'm not in that in that camp right and I will never be because I I, I know there are new models of businesses that are coming out. I know there are new opportunities that are showing up in healthcare and mm -hmm. life sciences. And um, I want to grow with that. Mm -hmm. That's my thought. So in 10 years time, how many companies have you invested in? Um, so I'm not a prolific investor. I'm a group investor, right? So I don't do things on my own. Mm -hmm. I'm, I don't believe in hunting on my own. I believe in a group mentality. So with Life Science Angels, I have a portfolio of about 15 companies. So I do about two, two or three per year. Mm -hmm. When I was actually running a committee within Life Science Angels, I had a more prolific year because I was mm -hmm. more intimately involved with the choice of companies. But then also responsibilities for ACA and responsibilities for portfolio companies eventually kind of pull you away from 
uh, being involved with diligence and writing checks. So 15 companies have uh, been blessed, knock on wood, for uh, three exits so far. The most recent one was a $275 million exit to Boston wow. Scientific. Hey, congratulations. Which, thank you, which took us five years. Uh, it just happened in April, uh, first time entrepreneur and focused on women's health. Oh, yeah, excellent, yeah, excellent. So you are um, making direct investments, but along with other angels. Yes. And how important is that? Uh, to me, the collaborative environment of working with other angels uh, is crucial. I think it's important to have people at the table that you trust, people who know uh, certain disciplines way better than you do. So I'm not an IP attorney, mm -hmm. but I do have a number of friends who are IP attorneys and I rely on their feedback and their input because I've built the relationship and a friendship and trust over time mm -hmm. with them. I'm not a corporate attorney, so when somebody tells me they've done the diligence on the employment contracts, on the customer contracts, um, I have a sense of confidence that those are covered. Then when it comes to clinical, when they ask me and they say, well, does this make sense within a clinic environment or a hospital environment, I can then contribute my part of it. Mm -hmm. So my, my constant focus is on finding people around the country and mm -hmm. within my own region that I have that rapport with and that understanding that we really need to work together to get good deals mm -hmm. to invest in. You know, um, 17 startup companies get invested by angels for every one company invested by a, a, a VC. Right. right. Um, yeah. Are you finding, what stage, and one of the reasons is the stage of the mm -hmm. company. VCs sure. wait till the company's almost profitable True. <laughs> True. before they invest. Yeah. Um, but in your particular uh, path, yeah. what stage do you invest in? We, I mean, pre-seed, yeah. really early, idea stage, or do they have to have some revenue? You know, kind of it, where? It, it's very rare that Life Science Angels gets involved with pre-seed. But I said rare because there are instances, and I've done it myself, where a company really has potential, um, and there's only a handful of us who say we believe in the potential and we want to help seed, pre-seed this before it comes to LSA officially. Mm. So there are rare instances where we're involved in that moment. Most of the time we're the, we're the seed round for right. the companies. And again, our, our model, because of what you said earlier about venture capital, we know that the risk appetite for venture capitalists has kind of gone away, which is ironic, yeah, right? right? So we know that we're also going to be the Series A. So part of our investment approach is, can we finance this company not only for the seed, but can we also help them with the A round as well, right? And then downstream, hopefully again, the company grows well, achieves their milestones, and if they're ready for a B round with a trusted partner in the venture community, and mm -hmm. I stress the word trust, yeah. um, then, then, uh, then we're off to the races. You right? made an interesting point too, though. Uh, you, as an individual, mm -hmm. might make a small investment mm -hmm. very early, mm -hmm but it doesn't really come to the group until it's much further along. Because, because we all know what the group's criteria is, right? And mm -hmm. it's pretty stringent. Yeah. So in order to help a company, remember we're all about helping entrepreneurs achieve their goals, right? We do mm -hmm. provide capital, but we're not just money. We mm -hmm. are board members. We are people who will take pro rata rights. We are syndicators. We are people who will help these companies get to their exit, right? So there's a number of things that we do behind the scenes. Having said that, a pre-seed company that doesn't meet all the criteria for what LSA is looking for um, needs help. Mm -hmm. They have potential, 
um, and they all have potential, but there are some that really our group understands how to help them bring them up to par so that we can actually invest in them as LSA. Nobody gets an advantage though, right? So once they do yeah. come into LSA, our notes or whatever convert over to whatever terms that right. our group wants, right? So right. there's no more conflict, there's no more right. politics, why did you get this yeah. term or whatever. Well, terms, term sheets, things like that will be on a future podcast and we'll mm -hmm. talk about that very thing because that's a big deal, mm -hmm. uh, how the investment is structured, et cetera. Mm -hmm. um, let me go to, though, uh, because this particular podcast is for the, the uh, in some cases, people that aren't quite decided yet whether mm -hmm. or not to invest mm -hmm. in this asset class, mm -hmm. and it needs to be looked at as sure. an asset class. It is an asset class. An yeah. investment asset class. Um, the, the question, obviously, is why? Why should I even think about yeah. Taking this, making this high-risk investment yeah. and invest in a and I think, tech startup. Yeah, and I think everyone will have their own answers for it, right? Some people take an approach of, I just want to give back. Uh, some people take the approach of, I'm looking for a return on my investment. Some people look at it as, oh, I have this extra money lying around and I don't know exactly what to do with mm -hmm. it, right? I don't think any of those are the right answer. I think it's the combination of the whole thing that makes sense to me, at least, right? Um, Startups are important for our economy. There's no doubt about it. We are actually falling behind in the world, in the global scene, in terms of creating startups. It looks like everything's happening here in the US, but it's not. There's a global environment and there is entrepreneurship happening all around the world. So we're falling behind. Number two is these startup companies used to be um, the way that we would grow our local economies, right? We would seed a company, they would grow into an Amazon or a Google, mm -hmm. and they would hire people in our region, occupy the real estate that's out there, and create an economic engine. Um, a lot of companies are now getting bought very early on, right, before right. they have that opportunity to really, really grow, because there's been a complete shift in the way capital is distributed since 2008. Do you remember 2008? Uh, I do. Okay. I do. It was a tough uh, year. And since so 2009. Yeah, yeah. And, and we're still actually just starting to kind of come out of that. Yeah. Um, but yet the rules of engagement have also still changed. So, But let me go back to the premise of why this asset class. It's an important asset class. There's a lot of really wonderful entrepreneurs out there who maybe don't have gray hair or no hair, don't have all the experience, but are uh, filled with possibilities, filled with the potential to be great leaders and to create opportunities where you can get a return on your investment. So we are not a philanthropic organization. We do love healthcare. We do believe everyone should have access to it. We want innovative technologies in the hospitals. Um, we want a cure for cancer, but at the same time, we're looking for an ROI. Right. Right. So we need a return on investment. So I ask, uh, and I always profess uh, that uh, there are a variety of reasons. You should have multiple reasons for doing this, mm -hmm. uh, but one of them should always be an expectation on a return on that investment. Absolutely. You're, this is not a philanthropic this activity. This is not you a You should philanthropic. expect a positive return Absolutely. at the end of the day. Absolutely. That's why you're doing it. Absolutely. So the question I ask people to help put things into, into the right perspective is, I always ask this question, let me ask you what is one plus one equal? And the typical answer I'll get from an entrepreneur or a prospective member of our group is two. Mm -hmm. The answer is obviously two. But it turns out in our world, if you change your mindset, the answer should be six. 
And then everyone's going to say, well, why six? Why not eight, right? Well, it doesn't or, matter. Or it's, just or, yeah. it's just not two. It's just not two. Because in our world, what we need to look for are opportunities that are staged where the management is not just a two. The management is an outstanding six, right? The intellectual property that they bring to the table is not just a two. Mm -hmm. It is a six. The market opportunity is a six. So go on that entire checklist of what you know is a great opportunity. Mm -hmm. Should every single piece of it should be in your diligence, should equate to greater than two. Does one plus one equal Equals something more some, than two? Something more than two. Yeah. And that's when you know you found the right opportunity. Now, at the end of the day, does an entrepreneur cross the finish line on their own? Did you really ever achieve anything completely without anybody else's influence? The answer is no. It's the board of directors, mm. it's the advisors, it's the investors who roll up their sleeves and sometimes open a door that nobody else has ever seen before and the entrepreneur steps across it and they get good guidance. So we believe, and I think the smart approach is not to just park your money and walk away, but yeah. to actually be actively involved in guiding the company. Well, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned board of directors, very important role, and we're gonna do a podcast just on board mm -hmm. involvement, responsibility, et cetera. Mm -hmm. um, but a lot of angel investors, and I, I think it's okay mm -hmm. um, to be passive, it is, yeah, it is. No, so, some people actually like passive investments, which is either through a fund, mm -hmm. a sidecar angel fund. Right, right. Um, they like to see what the group is doing, mm -hmm. uh, and then hopefully the group will make good decisions. Mm -hmm. uh, and it might be, again, a venture fund, it might be an angel group or whatever it is. But passive investments are just fine. We have, in our group, we have a lot of folks who are not even healthcare or life science trained individuals. They are money managers. Right? right, And they essentially contribute where they have knowledge, and it might be in the legal area or accounting or finance or whatever it is. But at the end of the day, they're relying on, they're passively following mm -hmm. uh, the, uh, the group think, the group approach to diligence and opportunities in healthcare and life sciences. And then they, they contribute there. And then they have already built relationships with people like you and myself right. who say, I want to be on the board because I can actually help the company. Yeah. Um, right. Yeah. So there's nothing wrong with that at all. Having someone from the Valley here to, to talk to, uh, I would be remiss if I didn't ask this question. Mm -hmm. How is it different in the Valley versus the rest of the country? Um, I know the Midwest, we have certain values. Mm -hmm. uh, in the South, they may mm -hmm. have different, slightly mm -hmm. different values. Yeah. Or, um, in the East, mm -hmm. they may have a different attitude about mm -hmm. things. How is the Valley, what, what's your, been your experience in yeah. terms of how you think as investors in the Valley versus investors in the rest of the country? So I do want to point out that I may express opinions now that <laughs> may go contrary to where I grew up, which is San Francisco Bay Area. Mm -hmm. I was born in Berkeley, raised in San Francisco, uh, and I love my home environment. Uh, however, when you look at our track record in Silicon Valley, where nine out of 10 investments essentially fail, if you consider that success, <laughs> mm -hmm. then you have a different definition of success. Mm -hmm. So the valley is filled with people from outside the valley who come there because there's an aggregation of minds, of universities, of, of people bumping into each other, right? To essentially create something new. However, 
I have traveled around the country now as a result of my work for Angel Capital Association and other endeavors, Venture Well, Venture Capital Institute. I go around the country. Entrepreneurs are phenomenal and they are everywhere. The question is, is the soil that they're growing in uh, ready for them? Is the capital that they need available to them? Is the network, the roots that keep growing, are they connected to the right locations and places, right? Because there are great ideas all around the country. Um, and it's not really always about money that wins the game. Mm -hmm. So Silicon Valley is its own uh, uh, entity, but around the country there are amazing entrepreneurs, amazing intellectual property, and amazing investors who mm -hmm. want to see these companies succeed. Mm -hmm. So there is no difference other than the fact that we have a very small geography of millions of people bumping into each other and essentially, honestly, uh, it's a collaborative engine. How, how can you avoid um, not taking advantage of the fact that you just bumped into an angel investor or bumped into a venture capitalist? There is just this aggregation of people there from all around the country that has, that has created the, the valley. Yeah, so it's more a matter of creating that ecosystem, that environment, uh, where the community yeah. is all very tightly connected, know each other, and there's a mass. There's a mass. There's a certain mass. There is a critical mass in there. Um, however, again, if you look at any geography you want to look at, whether it's New Orleans or Detroit or Iowa, doesn't matter where you go, there are brilliant people all oh, yeah. around the country, yeah. right? Again, the question is, can the entrepreneur create a collaborative environment around themselves where people can help them with whatever they need. Mm -hmm. If you can do that and you can get them the attention that they need, the capital that they need, then you're, you're good to go. It just happens to be that both coasts and probably the middle coast, which is Texas, there's just a, there's a flow of capital that has aggregated in these areas and mm -hmm. continues to be that way. But it mm -hmm. doesn't mean it's the best place to be. Right. 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 So right. our rents are very high, our cost of living is very oh, high, yeah. our traffic is nonsense. It <laughs> is, but with all that said, business still gets done. Yeah. And, um, and sometimes good things come out of it. But again, go back to nine out of 10 fail. Yeah. Uh, Silicon Valley is not necessarily the right model for Well, thank other you for regions. saying that because quite often, uh, you know, we don't hear that. What we hear about the Valley are all the successes. Of course, yeah. And yeah, uh, yeah. nobody's stepping up and admitting the reality of things. That There's you know, tons of books The success rate is no greater no. in the Valley than it is in the rest of the country. It, it Half is. of all startups, yes. no matter whether you're technology or not, right. are not going to be around five years from now. Absolutely. And it's no different but in San Francisco. when you embrace the fact, I said a fact earlier. I said nobody becomes successful, Mark Zuckerberg or Steve Jobs or anybody became successful on their own. Right. There were lots of people behind the scenes, mm -hmm. on the board, in the advisory rooms, on their, uh, their, their, their uh, they had stock in the company. People who made stuff happen yeah. for these companies. And we can all do that. Right. And that's part of the, the, the mission that we should all have, which is we need to be able to help our companies connect the dots to where they, where they get the resources they yep. need. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Foz, thank you very oh, much. Oh, my pleasure. It's thank you for having delight. me. It's nice to have you in Michigan. Thank you. Pleasure. And uh, looking forward to the presentation a little bit later. Thank you so much. And uh, we thank you for uh, watching this podcast. There are going to be many more 
uh, dealing with different issues about angel investing for your benefit. We encourage you to check out uh, any of the others and on any subject matter that might be of interest to you. Thanks for participating, and Foz, thanks again. My pleasure. Yep. Thank you for taking time to listen to It Takes Money. For more of our podcasts, visit annarborusa.org slash podcasts or michiganangels.org. Thanks to the Ralph C. Wilson Jr. Foundation for making these podcasts possible. And let me leave you with this from John D. Rockefeller. It is a mistake to assume that the possession of money in great abundance brings happiness. Pleasure comes not from the possession of money, but from the ability to do things for others, which brings satisfaction.